Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Broadcasting from beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin at the Attention Era Media Studios, presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Two Up Front. And this is Simon Provan. So, Baxter, you yes. said a few little different things there that I'm not used to hearing. I did say a couple of different things, yes. I said somebody changed my script on me, I think, today. Oh. Well, it probably has to deal with all the teasers we've been throwing out yes. there about the big announcements that we've got on today's show, and we're just going to start right out of the gate with them. I think that's a smart move. First, right. and first and foremost, I mean, obviously it's a different theme, but that's that was because, as you mentioned, we have announcements to make. So what are those announcements? Well, first of all, we've got a new presentation sponsor, if that's the correct way of saying it, Baxter, Three Lions Pub. And yes. actually, we, we have more than just one announcement with sponsorships. Mm-hmm. But Three Lions Pub is our, is our new presenting sponsor, very supportive. David Price there has been uh, has been backing us, and this is the thing that we kept saying. We're just trying to get a few ducks together, mm-hmm. just a few more ducks. And we got them all together, and here we are announcing now that we have a new presenting sponsor. And ShopFutsal.com is still with us, they Baxter. They are. They are. They've moved now. They will be the, it'll be the official ShopFutsal.com call-in line. So when we have our guests who will join us later on the program, which today is Western New York Flash Forward, Jessica McDonald, and New England Revolution goalkeeper Brad Knighton, they will both be on the ShopFutsal.com phone line or call-in line, as it were. And along with what you said, we are broadcasting officially from beautiful beautiful downtown Milwaukee, courtesy of Attention Era Media. We are now sitting in their studios. Can I say rent-free? I think I can Basically. say rent-free. Yeah, rent-free. It's a beautiful, <laughs> nice, little, uh, nice little setup we've got here now as well. It, uh, it's a beautiful place. We've got a great view of the downtown Milwaukee area also. I mean, we, we usually do the show either out at your place in Delafield or out in New Berlin or Brookfield. or We're all over the place, really, okay. but... Uh, so we've had the opportunity now to to have an actual home, which is even which is even better. I feel like absolutely. So, yes. but but because of this, though, Simon, we're not done with announcements yet. Though we have another announcement on top of even all of that as we well. We do, Baxter. We also have, uh, I guess, what now would be our second segment sponsor since ShopFootsal.com is our mm-hmm. call-in sponsor. Uh, MLS predictions are now. 
brought to you by the Red Lion Pub. Yes, and the Red Lion Pub, uh, a subsidiary, of course, of Three Lions Pub as well. So another thank you to David Price, of course, for making that happen. We still have other segments as well, of course, that we uh, have open for sponsorship and just general commercial airtime also, too. But let's face it, the show is growing thanks to people like Allison Phillips of ShopFootsal.com. Thanks to Attention Era Media. Thanks to David Price over at Three Lions Pub and Red Lion Pub. And of course, most importantly, thank you to you listeners out mm-hmm. there uh, for staying with us. We're at about a year and a half, Baxter. Has it of really been that long already now? <laughs> I'm sorry to have something. Ruined your I day mean, a little I mean, bit. yeah, it's been a year. <laughs> Woo! And Baxter, we have one more huge announcement. We're not going to make anybody else pay for it, but uh, unless they want to, <laughs> I will let you introduce this one. Okay. So our last final announcement, which I'm of course very excited about, is starting next week. You will now be able to hear two up front. Not one day. No, no, no. That'd be too easy. Two days a week, you'll be able to hear us on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh, and even even better, it'll be live from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time right here on Spreaker.com. Of course, we'll still be on demand in all of our usual places on the Sports Podcasting Network, on iTunes, iHeartRadio, on Spreaker. But we will officially be live here from the Attention Era Media Studios every Tuesday and Thursday from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. Still, we'll have great guests. It'll just be a little bit more condensed show, but it'll allow us to talk about soccer twice in a week instead of one Yeah, time. and go a little bit more in depth on some of the things we'd like to talk about, our exactly. reviews, our previews. But, you know, we've heard a lot of people say to us, hey, we'd love to listen to you guys uh, at a more doable time period, which mm-hmm. is why we're making that switch to basically a central time lunch period. Yes. So again, Tuesdays, Thursdays, 12 to 1 p.m. Starting next week, you will hear us on Spreaker.com. You can still hear this show, obviously, as you're hearing it now, of course, eleven thirty a.m. on uh, uh, what, what else are we on, Baxter? What, what are we all on here? Spreaker.com, <laughs> on right. iTunes, on the Sports Podcasting Network, on iHeartRadio. You can download our podcast pretty much anywhere, and and all good podcatcher apps, as they were. There's a lot of different places you can you can find us and interact with us, uh, especially on social media as well, Simon. Yeah, absolutely. On Facebook, we are Two Up Front. On Twitter, we are at Two Up Front Soccer, so don't forget that little soccer yes, in the very tag. very important. You're, you are at Baxter Colburn. Last I'm at checked. Simon Provan. We also have our beautiful website, if I do say so, TwoUpFrontSoccer.com. You can find us there. You can also email us at TwoUpFrontSoccer at gmail.com. I think I covered it, back. I do believe you did, yeah. So we've got a couple of different things we want to get to right around here in our kick-around segment. Oh, uh, so we're going to talk soccer. Yes, that's oh, the, okay. I hope so. Okay. Okay. If, if not, I mean... I you, thought we are just going to keep rolling with these announcements. So you can go if you don't want to talk about soccer. I will, I'll sit here and talk about soccer if, the, if you're going to have a problem with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's a lot of things we should talk about. First and foremost, we should talk about the United States, of course, qualifying for the Hex after their 4-0 victory over a very good Trinidad and Tobago team. So don't let any of those half-soccer fans be like, oh, well, they beat TNT. No, TNT is an exceptionally, very, exceptionally good team. Absolutely. Joven Jones, Kaywin Jones... Uh, Everybody's not, named Jones on Jones, TNT. Jones, Williams. It seems everybody that. comes in twos yes. on the uh, Trinidad and Tobago team. A little, a little team. crazy, but we, we, we monitor as best we can. But look, they were top of the group, Baxter. They they had uh, you know one of the best teams in CONCACAF right now. And, of course, they're going to move on to the hex just as the U.S. is. But for me, that was the most impressive U.S. team I've seen play under Klinsman in a long time. And I think there were a few keys. First of all, Klinsman finally played almost every single player in their natural position. Yes. Much like he was doing during the Copa. Mm-hmm. When he does that, we see a successful U.S. team. Crazy how that works. Now, a negative thing that I took out of the game, hate to say it, but this has happened too often. Michael Bradley does not belong 
at least not in the starting 11, I would have no problem if he he's played not center up. defensive mid in this game. And he looked horrible. Hmm. I thought he looked horrible. I agree. No, he I, out of I, place. I watched the entire second half of this match, and I forgot that he was on the field. Well, in the first 20 minutes, Trinidad and Tobago, they were, they were the ones, for my money, that were really in control of this game. Hmm. And it really it, 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 it took some subs for the U.S. to really put their stamp on this game. Now, a surprising game, really, from Josie Altidore. Yes. I mean, and I know there's some Altidore fans out there that are probably going, well, he's been in form with TFC. Well, kind of. He's been on as a sub. He scored a couple of goals against bad clubs. And even for the U.S., though, I mean, against St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Everybody, Simon and I could have scored against St. Vincent and the Grenadines, not to take anything away, of course, from the U.S. players. However, scoring against a team like that doesn't mean you're back. But when you score against a team like TNT twice in consecutive fashion in the 59th and 63rd minute and actually do good forward-looking things to make those goals happen, well, then now you start to open the conversation and open the door a little bit to at least earning my respect back as a forward. Well, and Baxter, let's face it, when you have a player like Christian Pulisic making passes to Josie Altidore like he was, mm-hmm. you're going to score more goals. Yes. And yeah, it takes it takes that forward, that striker who can finish the ball. That's half and, the battle. And, and we did see a lot of that. But finally, Altidore is getting fed balls that he needs to be fed in order to score. Yes. It was, it was an exciting U.S. team, and of course... Sasha Kleschen as well. I was just going to say, we need to talk about Sasha Kleschen because his awareness, he's gotten better with age. And I know he had to drop off for a while, even in MLS, but since he's been with the Red Bulls, even this season as well, he's one of the best midfielders. They they say he's the best number 10 in all of MLS, and he showed it against TNT. His no-look awareness, his awareness with the ball when he picks his head up, the communication and one-two combinations he had with different guys on the field, just absolutely incredible. Yeah, and most impressive for me, which we saw in the game against St. Vincent and the Grenadines, was the combination, once again, with Christian Pulisic yeah. and Sasha Kleschen. Now, Kleschen, he did have a few rough minutes at the beginning, mm-hmm. but once he got in Getting that game... Feedback, but exactly. still, two goals, two assists in two games. That's that's huge it, for, abs- a lot of, for any coach to be able to say, hey, I haven't called you in in a while and you do this. Well, now we might have a conversation that needs to be had. It absolutely is. Uh, but, you know, of course... You also had Paul Areola get in there. It was he was great. He who he scored a fantastic goal and it looked like He's it was the fast. first goal he scored Holy in his life crap. with the way he celebrated, he which is so great fast. to see. <laughs> um, but a lot of youth. We saw a lot of youth in this game. We saw that the left side right now is very strong as well with Pulisic out there, Fabian yep. Johnson out there, who's uh, playing left back. Who's playing left back? That's where I think his best position is right now for the national for, team. Yes, he can yeah, play I, wherever I'm he not wants argue in the with club. That. Well, and when you have somebody like Pulisic who can play on the left mm-hmm. wing then that solves part of that problem. I think we're done seeing Fabian Johnson at the left midfield position if Pulisic continues to start. Right. Now, the one thing we want to see from Pulisic that I want to see more of is, and again, he's 17, so he's got time. Yeah, he's got and a lot of time. To be where he's at already is pretty amazing. But I want to see him be able to have better timing on some of his passes. Yes. Uh, there were a couple of times where he, he held the ball a little too late when somebody's trying to make that run, and by mm-hmm. the time he played it, that player was offside. If he can time that a little better, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Watch out. And that's something, that too, that goes along with getting those minutes, whether it's starting or substitution minutes as well. I mean, he didn't play Copa America very well. I think he played 84 minutes or that's something it. like that, yeah. all in Copa yeah. America. Who's to say he couldn't have done better or helped the team be better as a whole if he'd have been on the field more? Well, look, you know I'm the first one to bash Klinsman. Of course. And, and I still don't see this as, oh, it's because of the 
plan Klinsman put into place. It's that Klinsman's finally doing what a national coach should do, and that's he's getting the arrogance out of his mind. Of yes. He knows where to play these guys better than other people. Um, but I give him credit for how he has brought Pulisic on, yes. that he hasn't had it be just the hype train, starts him in the very first game with him. He's been slowly breaking him in, and it's been a very well-oriented plan with Christian Pulisic as far as I'm concerned, the way Klinsman's handled it. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I will say it's been a little... Uh Interesting, more than anything, why a guy like Darlington Nagby hasn't been playing recently. But from the Portland games I've watched recently as well, too, Nagby hasn't been playing well. No, but come on. When you've got a back four that's as messed up as Portland's is. Of course. Uh, Adi's not playing his best up front. You don't have that great of a surrounding cast. I think if you put Nagby in this type of lineup, it brings another dimension to the team. Look, you don't need a Beckerman in there. You don't need a Bradley in there. You don't need a Bedoya in there. Why not play? Right. Why not play Nagby at center? Midfield and Let see him what run happens. Around, see what happens. Maybe Kalina- that's what we see. Maybe we see that in the hex. Exactly. Even Kalen Acosta too. I know he's listed as a defender, but he's a very good center defensive mid as well too for FC Dallas, and he can score as well. So there's somebody else that could make a, an argument for that. Graham Zeus, he's on the team. Just that veteran leadership. But I mean, I wasn't really blown away. Rubio Rubin, I would have liked to have seen a little bit from him just to see, just to know what he's even got to offer. But I was really pleased with the three guys that got on the field for subs: Morris, Ariola, and Stanko. Also during the in this yeah. Game. Absolutely. Again, going back to that youth movement, it's great to see in our men's team. I completely agree. All right. um, I do want to also make a mention staying on the United States men's national team, but going a couple of years in the future. uh, FIFA is talking about uh, doing a 40-team World Cup and also a U.S.-Mexico co-host. Bum, 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 bum. (gasps) That's why the price is right Actually having common enemies that just doesn't seem right simon i don't i'm I'm mixed about this this they're saying they would be open to a 40 team world cup in 2026 so that we haven't have enough time to sabotage and pay off everybody and train everybody to purposely throw the game so that way germany or somebody wins the world cup again uh I, I mean, the U.S. and Mexico hosting, it's its totally different. its hu- The U.S. number one is already huge enough to host. They've got enough specific stadiums and or could build more, especially in the next 10 years. They don't need to build more. That's the thing, Baxter. No stadiums have to be built no. to host it in the United States. I agree. My big thing, I don't care who hosts it. I don't want to see it held in a country where slave labor slave labor is basically the backbone of your economy, the backbone of your World Cup. I agree. No, I completely agree. I don't with care you who that. hosts. I don't care if the U.S. hosts with Mexico. I don't care if the U.S. hosts with Canada. I don't care if Mexico or Canada, quote unquote, steal the World Cup from the U.S. The U.S. doesn't have the World Cup yet, so there's no stealing to be had. Um, but it still just disgusts me that the World Cup is going to be held in a place where we know about. 4,000 people will have died by the time all these stadiums are built yes. in Qatar. It is not a racist thing. It is not a xenophobic thing. It is a human rights thing for I, No, I completely agree with you. But even taking away that side of it and looking at what is going on, think about it. If you had to go, if you're whoever, say you're Joe Blow Belgium or Joe Blow Colombia or whoever at the World Cup, you play a game in you know Columbus, Ohio, and then a couple of days later you're down at the Azteca in Mexico. Like that, number one, is a massive culture shock. Number two is a lot of travel. 
Well, and number three, who's going to come and watch your game? To have to play. Are the Belgian fans going to travel over there? I don't think they would. You know, coming to the U.S. is an experience, but going to Mexico is. No, I disagree with you. I think going to Mexico is is an experience in and of itself. To be able to go, but to be able to go to the Azteca for a lot of people is a huge thing. Yes, but what my concern would be is more for the health of the players. Yeah, right. Let's say you're playing down in Miami, Mm -hmm. basically sea level. Yeah, and then three days later, or for the quarterfinals, now you're playing uh, in the Azteca. Smog or field. in Colorado, or you're sure. in Seattle. Like, sure. what if you have to go from Miami to Seattle? I mean, I know pro teams do, but they get a week or so sometimes to make those journeys. So these guys are going to have two or three days, like hop on the plane as soon as you're done, haul up there. Like, there's a fast turnaround, especially for group games. Well, it's, yeah, that's that's for me, Baxter. It's not a matter of the country or the uh, you know again taking away the human rights thing, mm-hmm. but it, it's a matter of the logistics. Yes, you know things got a little ugly when Korea and Japan co-hosted. They were fighting over who gets the semifinals, who gets the final. Yep. Uh, I would like to think that the U.S. and Mexico could work that out at the same time when it comes to the sport of soccer, when it comes to the sport of football, that's not something that is easy for the U.S. and Mexico to compromise on. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think there would be more of a, an issue. I think the U.S. and Mexico, knowing them, they would almost say, well, look, we'll play you for it. Like, let's, yeah, have, right, a, let's right. have a two-leg blah, blah, blah. Right. We'll play you for it. I mean, it would be very interesting, that's for sure. But Well, and the last thing, too, Baxter, you had mentioned a 40-team World Cup. I don't. I think the only way it works cleanly if you're going to expand is you've got to expand to 48. Yeah, you have to have it. It's the numbers that have to be easily divisible in half because 40 is going to be what are you going to give teams first-round buys. Like, right, that just gets awkward. Right. And even then, you know... But, you know, maybe you Eight treat it like the five? maybe you treat it like yeah, maybe that, or maybe you treat it like the NCAA, where you make a, a few of the teams have a final playoff. But you already have that with the confederations having exactly. the playoffs. That's so, kind of like what that's all about. Too. I don't, yeah, I don't I know mean, how you people, handle it. People made arguments about the Euros expanding too, which I think was a good thing. It, it ended up being a fantastic, and look. it worked out really well. I mean, Iceland, Iceland right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Now that's not going to say we're going to have an Iceland every right. single time, but that opens up an opportunity for more African countries to come, or more Asian countries to come, or. You know, the South Americans and Central American teams that more than likely in the hex can't make it up but are still good teams. Side note, can every club in the world and every other national team please stop adopting the Vikings hand clap? That is Icelandic. They brought that to the world. That is one of the coolest things we've seen in a stadium. Let them have that. No, they're a small country. We, they can be invaded tomorrow if they needed to be. People want to have something. People like to I jump on the high. You train. know, I think they're part of NATO, so we'd we'd have to defend them. <sighs> it just annoys me when something that's so. Are U.S. Al- people doing it? Yeah. What? Yeah, I saw it. I believe it was even at the Montreal game oh the other my night. Gosh. Well, the Canadians they don't know any better. No, but I saw it. they think they're cold like Iceland. Well, so that's why. <laughs> but you know what I mean. That's one of those things that's so unique to a specific yeah. sect of people. Yep. Let them have it. I agree. That's one of the. That's one of the things that uh, you know I'm not a fan with about MLS Baxter is is everybody kind of copying each other. Hmm. In what regards, though? Well, right. it's a lot of people using the same chance, or a lot of you know supporters groups using the same chance. They just change the words. Or well, the men's and the women's teams both using the "I believes that we will win." It's like well, we get I, it. We for get me, it. that's a national team thing, so I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Okay. But but you know, just when clubs are singing the exact same songs, to me, that's it's generic. That's what I'm getting at. It's too gotcha. generic for my liking. Fair enough. All right, you have one other thing you want to complain about <laughs> fast before we go to a break. It's Simon. not a complaint. It's a little it's, bit. It's of a, a mystery. Complaint. It's a mystery for me. How do you say Christian Pulisic's last name? Because on different broadcasts now, I feel so much better, Baxter, because I'll be the first to admit I get so many last names wrong on this show. So I'll be, you know. But I, you I, keep I, me this, this actually makes me a little happy. But in the same broadcast, 
on Fox Sports 1, we yeah. hear one guy say Pulisic. Yeah. We hear the other guy say Pulisic, like within 15 seconds of yeah. each other. I'm hearing uh, Claudia Reyna do an interview the other day. He was saying Pulisic. And, of course, when he first came on the scene, it was Pulisic. Yeah. So can we get Christian on the phone at some point and have him clarify how you say his last name? I will put a call out to Borussia Dortmund and be like, look, I just, we, just, we don't even want to talk to him. We just want him to say his first and last right. name. That's all we want. It's like Christian Pulisic. Like, I'm pretty sure I mean, it's Pulisic. I say a, Pulisic. Th- I would think, though, with, with the, the bigger media guys that they get these name pronunciation guys, And right? or have conversations with them, and he says his name. So, you know, I was actually listening very keenly to that going, okay, how do you say his name? Because I've heard it a few different mm-hmm. times. And then when I'm hearing both guys say his name differently within the same game, Pulisic. I lost it. I, I don't even know. All right. Well, whoever you are, if you know how to say it, you should tell us or send us a pronunciation guide to upfront at gmail.com or, of course, to upfront soccer on Twitter at Baxter maybe, Colburn at Simon Provin. Maybe we'll just call him Pooley from now on. Yeah, Christian Pooley. Are we on that kind of a kind of a relationship? We can be. He doesn't have to know. Fair enough. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, Jessica McDonald of the Western New York Flash is here with us to chat about the upcoming playoffs. We'll be right back with more here on 2 Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub after this. Back inside the studios, two up front, rolling along, presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. As we move along here on our wonderful show that we've got going on today, we get to be joined by another NWSL player, someone that we know that has been around the league for quite a while. She's a seasoned veteran. She knows how to score goals. Yes, She's she one of the leading goal scorers in NWSL. Also, she wears the number 14 jersey, and she represents the Western New York Flash. It's Jessica McDonald, and she joins us on the program now. Good afternoon, Jessica, and welcome to Two Up Front. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. You are welcome, Jessica. We are thrilled to have you here, and we are thrilled to also have you be a part of everything that's going on right now with the NWSL playoff push. You ladies right now, you're, you're making a hard charge, and you, you seem to be close. You haven't fully clinched that playoff spot yet. You're in third place. But you've got to be feeling pretty good about yourself right now, wouldn't you say, with only a couple of games left? Most certainly. And we started off in the season in eighth or ninth place, so it's just really cool to be at the top of the table right now, kind of feeling good about it, and hopefully get the three points the next game. So as you as you look at how your season has kind of progressed, as you mentioned, you started off the season kind of eighth or ninth place. You know, not a lot of people were really giving the Flash a lot of credit. They're saying, yeah, they're, but but who who are their big stars? Who are their big stars? They can't really do a whole lot at this point now. If you if you could go back to the beginning of the season and kind of talk to those critics, would you would you kind of slap them in the face a little bit? Like, look, we're actually pretty darn good. Enough of this, you know. Oh, we don't know what to expect from them. Yeah, most certainly, and it's it's pretty cool to not have some of those superstars on our team because that's where all the attention kind of goes to. And sometimes those type of teams don't work. Hmm. And so with that being said, it's just really cool to sort of be that underdog of the season because that just put a little more pressure on us as a, as a young team. And looking back at how preseason went, how hard we worked to make our way up the table to this point has just been a really cool adventure. So I definitely think it would be a slap in the face for a lot of those critics simply because of how hardworking our team is and the friendship that we have in the locker room and off the field as well. Speaking of the game coming this weekend, Jess, of course you're taking on the Portland Thorns who are 
near the top of the table as well. And you obviously mm-hmm. spent some time with that club. You had a, shall we call it an interesting breakup with the Thorns. You had an interesting time there. Uh, and now you're back with Coach Paul Riley, who was coaching you at the Thorns. Does this game take on any extra significance for you this weekend? Somewhat, but I've got to treat this game just like any other one, just wanting to get some points on the road, three points at most. And it's just really cool to be able to play in front of these fans. So that's the thing I look forward to the most is obviously playing in front of this incredible fan base. Like You couldn't ask for anything more than that, but there's no grudge being held against the organization or anything like that. I'm not trying to be vindictive, but I just know that Portland Thorns are a really good team. And, you know, if we come out the way I know that we can, then it's, it's going to be a pretty good game, especially on national television. At this point, Jess, too, you, it's, it's almost official that you ladies will clinch a playoff spot. I mean, Seattle is hanging on barely, but it would take an awful lot to go right for them to get into the playoffs. If you, once you get through Portland... I'm assuming, not to take anything away from that Boston game, of course, but you have to start looking, of course, forward to who your playoff opponent is going to be. You're either going to be going on the road, more than likely, to to Washington or back out to Portland, which would be an even more interesting narrative, too, based off your previous comments. Most certainly. And it would be really good for us to obviously get get the points on the road against Portland and Boston just to make sure we clinch that, that playoff spot. And with that said, once we do get into playoffs, it's, it's not going to be easy from here on out. So we have to go into these games for the rest of the season with some confidence and sort of have our, our heads held up high with pride and, you know, obviously having fun representing this crest that we wear over our hearts. And as long as we come together as a team, I, I think we'll be pretty successful. This is Two Up Front talking to Jess McDonald of the Western New York Flash, brought to you, of course, by ShopFutsal.com. Uh, Jess, another question for you outside of just the league, yeah. but, but your own experience. You know, you've been with a lot of teams, yet you seem to always find yourself as the leading scorer of the team. You're, you're tied for third in the league right now. How do you stay focused? You know, going from team to team, you do have a family. How do you, how do you keep your life focused? How do you keep your career focused? I think the number one thing for me is that I I keep my faith really high. And what I like to do is just sort of keep everything in God's hands because everything is obviously meant to happen for a reason. And for me to come into each of these teams sort of making a difference and setting these goal-scoring records, it, it, it sort of humbles me a little bit because not a lot of players have been through what I've been through going mm-hmm. from team to team. I've been with five different teams in four years. So it's been, at the end of the day, it's been an incredible adventure simply because I get to experience living in these different cities and states at the same time. I know people will see it as a negative thing, like, oh, you have to move again with your family, this and that. But yeah, but look, my kid, he gets his, first he gets his passport stamped and he can sit here and say, you know, hey, mom, I have friends in Portland. I have friends in Houston. I have friends in Chicago. Which I have how cool is that? Buffalo, That's awesome. New York. Yeah, exactly. And not every kid can say that. Like, And it's been incredible for my husband as well because he hasn't traveled nearly as much. He played college football, but that's the only time he's ever traveled. Sure. So for him to also get the experience a little bit has been pretty cool for my family, you know. And and we can look back and just say, hey, we've been to these places. We've lived there. We've done that. So it's just really cool to be able to 
explore different places and not just sort of be stuck in one place at the same time, you know? And speaking of different places, you not only played in different places in the NWSL and the WTPS, but you also spent some time with the Melbourne Victory uh, in Australia. Everybody goes to Australia, (laughs) I feel like. Everybody we talk to is always over in Australia. I love it. Yeah. So, so, and we do like to ask, what's the difference between the leagues that you see? Because we obviously, you know, unfortunately, we don't get many women's leagues on TV here. Thankfully, the NWSL is starting to pick up steam. But what are some of the major differences for you between the Australian League and the NWSL? I think it's more so the the physicality of the game, and it's mm-hmm. a little bit faster. Whereas Australia, I have a lot of respect for the way that they play soccer, but it's a little. It's a little slower. They like to take their time on the ball a little bit more, <laughs> sort of play a little bit, whereas, you know, we we focus a little more on athleticism and, and physicality in this league. So that's that's more so the difference between both leagues. Um, but I think Australia, the league, the W League in Australia, is, is moving up the charts with, you know, their physicality as well. So it's as if each country, they're, they're sort of catching up with the United States a little bit, you know, so... Hmm. Well, Jess, we really appreciate uh, your insight into the Western New York Flash a little bit, and uh, we wish you, of course, the very best of luck as well, and uh, not only to your Western New York Flash, but to your family as well, too. Hopefully you guys can uh, stock up shop a little bit longer here in New York for a while because the fans really seem to love you. So we, uh, we appreciate you taking some time today on the show. Most certainly. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks so much, Jess. Good luck in the, the regular season and very possibly in the playoffs. All right, we are going to go to a break. When we come back, we got much more in store for you. We're going to dive a little bit more into the NWSL, as we always do here on the program. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. Back after this. Back inside the Attention Era Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Moving along with the show, thanks to Jessica McDonald. Love the Western New York Flash for joining us in our previous segment as we talked with her in great detail, Simon. The playoffs of the NWSL are right around the corner, and I feel like it's the, the season's gone by way too fast, more than anything, because two teams have already qualified for the playoffs. Five teams are already out of the playoff race. And then there were three, including the Western New York Flash, Chicago Red Stars, and your favorite team, the Seattle Reign, all fighting for those (laughs) final two playoff spots. At this point right now, looking at those three teams... Hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Just in case people are confused. Portland Thorns is my club. <laughs> You're like, I do not want this this, <laughs> this spewing around. I, they are not my favorite team. Let's get this right. And, and let's be honest here. Yes. You're a Houston Dash fan. Yes. I'm a Portland Thorns fan. Yes. But ultimately, we're NWSL fans. Yes. Okay. Continue. I'm also a Crystal Dunn fan, so I'm a, I'm oh, a Washington Spirit fan by default. Absolutely. And Baxter, <laughs> we have this awesome record on this show. Yeah. We interview a player. They go out and score a goal, and that's exactly what happened with and Crystal. Crystal Dunn. scored a screamer too when she scored it. I mean, let's let's look at it. And the it was way. her first goal this year, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, she's so selfless. She just gives everybody else the ball. I guess that's right. I don't know. Well, it was an incredible 
uh, weekend of soccer, or even midweek, as it were. There was a bunch of games that took place on Wednesday. Boston and Western New York, they tied 2-2, probably the surprise of the week. Sky Blue, they drew with Orlando 1-1, ultimately eliminating themselves from the playoffs. Washington, they beat Seattle 2-1. The FC Kansas City beat the Red Stars 3-2 in Chicago. That would have been a barn burner of a game. And then Portland, they beat Houston 3-0 to to jump within four points of what the Spirit are doing right now. Yeah, big game for Portland, that big win. That actually officially qualified them for the uh, the playoffs. Spirit currently, more than likely, will be the number one seed. Yeah, yeah, I think Portland will have something to say about that. But as you said, about three games left for each team. Two games left for each team. Um, Two for some. Two for some, right. Right, but the surprise result for me was FC Kansas City over Chicago Red Stars at home, mm-hmm. three to two. Well, Toyota Park. I mean, it's a different stadium. It's not what the Red Stars are used to playing. It's a good point. So it's it, it it changes things up a little bit in that regards. I know that they've played all over the place this year for fear the Red Stars, but yeah, I mean, if you're FC Kansas City, you're six, eight, and four now. You've you've kind of salvaged the ship a little bit. It's not completely on fire anymore, but it's just a very disappointing season. But considering. With everything that Lauren Holiday, with her retiring, and now unfortunately her finding out that she has a brain tumor yes. also, which is, we send our thoughts and prayers to her, of Absolutely. course, especially now that she's pregnant as well, too, so mm-hmm. we, we, we wish all the best for, for her family, but I mean, Sydney LaRue being pregnant as well, she's due any, any second at right, this point. Right. She's huge at this point. So in, in that respect, I don't think it's that much of a surprise. No, and where, even Amy Rodriguez as well, too, is. I forgot to mention right. her, also pregnant, or had a baby at this point. Either way, so... Yeah, so five teams are out. Sky Blue, unfortunately. I was kind of pulling for Sky Blue. They just couldn't fully put it together. FC Kansas City, Orlando, Houston, and Boston are all out of the playoffs, leaving, as we mentioned, the Flash, the Red Stars, and the Rain. So now I'm going to actually ask you this question again because you shot me down last time. Who of these three teams are making the playoffs? Let's see. You're asking me about the Flash? Flash, Red Stars, and Rain. Flash and Red Stars are tied at 29 points. Rain are five points back. But we've seen crazier things happen in Seattle. Yeah, I don't I don't think the rain get in, Baxter. I, I think it's the Flash and the Red Stars. Rain, they take on Houston this week. So there's that possibility that they'll pick up another win. Oh, now you're going to start throwing actual games at me. Yeah. That's no, what that, I do. That, that, that yeah. There's two, there's two games. I mean, the Houston, well, not, not this week. I'm sorry. They play. They close the season versus Houston. Uh, they have to deal with Washington this week. So Seattle takes on Washington again. It's a two-jobber. Yeah. I th- but this, right. is, this one's back in right. Seattle now. This one's back in Seattle. So if Seattle wins their last two games, I, I don't think they'll win that last game in Houston. I don't think they're going to beat Washington either. I think they might be Washington. Well, if they, they have to win. If they draw, they're done. Season's over. Thanks for playing. Right. Have a nice life. Well... That goes back to my comment. I just I, I don't think we see the rain win this. I mean, Wash or Western New York Flash, they take on Boston Breakers, who's they been, just, who's been they, better. They who's just drew better? two two. Right. This will be the third time that they'll be playing them in as many weeks. Yeah, but I still I still see them being the team that I ju- I just don't see the Flash not making the playoffs. Not when you have a leading scorer like Jess McDonald, who of course Lynn just, Williams, of course too, and a lot, yeah, they've got a good team. I mean, they're scoring goals. They know how to put the ball in the back of the net. But if Western New York does make the playoffs, they're automatically my underdog, though. Listen, the toughest thing for them is that they also play Portland. So they've got these two games on the road. Yeah. One against Portland, 
uh, which I think Portland's going to win that, and then one against Boston, which I still think the Flash are going to take that game. There's a 13-day break in between those two games, so mm. it's not like they're going to be traveling on the road that whole time. They'll come home, be able to train at home, get all their uh, get all their motivation and, and whatever else you want to say back. So I, I, I see Western New York Flash making this. Uh, Chicago Red Stars? They play FC Kansas City, then they take on Washington Spirit. They're back home with the Spirit, but we do see that they'll be back at Toyota Park for that game against the Spirit. Uh, the Red Stars have not been having the most impressive games lately. Mm-hmm. So if anything, I think it would come down to the Red Stars and the rain duking it out. I just think the rain's too far behind to be able to make the playoffs. Five points point. out, yeah, you, with, two, with two games left, you would need so much to go right. I don't see Chicago losing two games. Well, you I'd, could, but I just don't see it happening. Chicago just literally needs one point. Exactly. Right. So, I think it's possible. Chicago, I think, has a chance. So, uh, yeah, hypothetically, if it were to end today, it would be how the playoffs would stand. Washington, Portland, the Flash, and Chicago. Chicago would go to Washington. New York would go to Portland. Very intriguing matchups. Washington and Portland would both more than likely win and meet in the finals, which are down in Houston. Yes, October 9th, I believe, is Something the final. Like that, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Portland's four points behind the Spirit. So going back to that question, too, of can Portland overtake them, it's going to be very tough to do with the two games that are left. And again, you're looking at who they're playing. Portland takes on Western New York Flash. So mm-hmm. although I think Portland will win that game, it's not going to be an easy one. And they finish their season off of uh, playing at Sky Blue FC, who, yeah, they're not in the playoffs, but they're also not a terrible team. Yeah, you know they've got six wins on the season, seven losses, five draws. Not great, but not too far off of making the playoffs, really. Exactly. Yeah, I, I do think it's good to see though that um, some of these games are getting nationally televised now. Fox Sports One has been pick- is picking up some of the last couple of games of the season, which is good to see uh, some of the the better teams being on TV. Yeah, in fact, we'll just run through those couple that they have. Portland Thorns taking on Western New York Flash Sunday, September 11th at 8:30 Central on Fox Sports One, and Sunday the 25th, Houston taking on Seattle at uh, 8.30 Central on Fox Sports 1. Hmm. So a good slate of games, that's for sure. Good teams, good action overall. Definitely go and watch those if you can. Obviously, the other games are for free on YouTube as well. By the way, we, we kind of teased this a little bit, but it's become almost official now, Baxter, that it would be LAFC that would have yeah. an NWSL Mia team. Mia Hamm is pushing hard for it, which I think is the perfect person you want Makes behind sense. Your, your team. and. LAFC, that would give them 11 teams in the league if they do go that route. 12, I believe, there's rumors of other teams coming in as well, too. So I heard one of the Carolinas or somebody was thinking well, of a team. Carolinas, and on top of that, you have other, other MLS teams talking yeah. about wanting to have a women's team now as well. Well, we've heard the rumor that every MLS team should or would like to have an NWSL team affiliate. Yeah, Garber has come out and said mm-hmm. that. And uh, I, I don't know if I'd use the word should. But it certainly it certainly makes sense to me at this point with with how much the NWSL it helps keep your soccer gr- your market sure, bigger sure sure and and that was the one of the major downfalls of the WPS the Women's mm-hmm. Professional Soccer that's what it was called Women's Professional Soccer uh, that was one of their downfalls is they refused to work with MLS and as we've talked about in the show why not work with the people who have figured out how to make this still a money losing sport but not as much we'll get a little bit to that later. Um, but how do you make how do you make this game work in this country? And let's face it, yes, you can do the whole promotion relegation argument, but MLS has at least with its fans 
in the stadiums have figured out how to make that league somewhat popular. I agree. And I, I am curious, too, if you are the Orlando City supporters, Orlando Pride, I guess, not Orlando City, you don't make the playoffs in your first year. You brought in Caitlin Kyle. You brought in Ashlyn Harris, Alex Morgan. Is this a failure of a first season, or is this a good stepping stone? No, you know what? You didn't finish last in the league. Uh, 19 points on the season. Look, when you consider the amount of times they didn't have those players yeah. because of international call-ups. World Cup. Uh, World Cup. It, uh, Olympics. Olympics. No, it's not a failure. Mm. It's not a failure. Your, your first year was to get the team together out on the field, get a few points, get a few wins, show the fans what potential you have, and that's exactly what Orlando has done. I agree. Orlando definitely have a lot of good things to look forward to next season. All right, when we come back, Brad Knighton of the New England Revolution will be here to join us to give us the insight on what's going on in his keeper battle with Bobby Shuttleworth and some of those incredible saves he made against Colorado. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. Back after this. Back inside the Attention Era Media Studios, it's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, let's jump to MLS. Joining us on the ShopFutsal.com line, he wears the number 18 for a team very near and dear to my heart, as many folks know. The New England Revolution plays the goalkeeping position. He has had an incredible run recently. He finds himself in between the posts, and he's had a dominant run as as the Revolution were able to defeat the Colorado Rapids in their most recent game by a score of 2-0, thanks to some incredible saves by him. It's Brad Knight, and he joins us on the program now. Welcome to Two Up Front, Brad. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Well, we're excited to have you here, Brad. We need to talk about the one thing that everybody's wondering about. It's the playoffs, Brad. You, The revolution, you guys are so close, you're just outside the red line right now, but a result this last weekend against a team like the Colorado Rapids has to be a huge morale booster for the team, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it was huge for us uh, to get three points here at home and you know to be one of the better teams in the Western Conference uh, was 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 huge for our confidence, and you know we're looking to build on that performance here at home again this weekend against New York City FC, who's in first place in the Eastern Conference. Now, you, against New York City FC, as you mentioned, a team that has scored 48 goals on the season, you as a team, as the Revs, you've allowed 47. You guys have been a little bit tighter though on the back line recently, and the goalkeeping, especially from you, of course, has also been very tight. Also, what what's been going on? Was it something that Coach Heaps has been talking about recently? Has it been just player chemistry finally coming together here towards the end of season? Kind of give us a little bit of insight on that. Yeah, so um, you know, the last couple of weeks we've been we've been very good defensively. You know, limiting uh, opponents' opportunities and chances on goal. Uh, we kind of switched our formation a little bit, which is made us a little bit more sound defensively at the back. Uh, we had been giving away a lot of goals from a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, the last couple of weeks we've limited those mistakes and, you know, been been more sound defend, defending as a group. And, you know, when you're, when you're, you're tough to break down uh, when everyone's defending as a group. And, you know, you can start your attack from that as well. One thing, too, that we've seen throughout the season, Brad, is the uh, the inconsistency. You guys will go on a, a win streak for a little while, then you, you know, you've you lost three, then you've, you know, kind of get back together, you'll you'll lose four. Now you're kind of in this, this odd streak again where you've had a draw, a loss, and a win over your last three games. With six games remaining, how important is it for you guys not to be caught table-watching, saying, oh, well, we're only three points away from here, we're only two points behind them? Is it is at this point in the season, you're like, look, let's just get in the playoffs and worry about it once we get to that point, or is it just one game at a time, or what, what are you guys focusing on right now? Yeah, you know, obviously uh, you want to be above the red line uh, coming into the season, but, you know, for us it's, it's about us and about what we do. Um, you know, we're obviously watching the other results, but, you know, we do control our own destiny, and, you know, if we continue to win games and not concede goals and score goals, then, 
you know, we're going to put ourselves in a great position here at the end of the year. But, you know, we're taking a one-game-at-a-time approach, and we've got New York City here at home this weekend and looking to get another three points and, you know, move up the table just as much as we can. We're talking to Brad Knighton here on Two Up Front, presented by ShopFootsal.com with the call in line. Brad, question for you, and I know you've probably been asked this a lot, but the competition between you and Bobby Shuttleworth, uh, you, you've, it seems that you've won the starting job now. Does that change your relationship at all with you and Bobby? No, not at all. You know, Bobby and I have had a great relationship when I was here the first time uh, with the reps from, you know, 2007 to 2009 before I went to Philadelphia. Bobby had come in my second year, and, you know, we had been a good relationship, and, you know, we had stayed in touch while I had been to the other teams uh, in Philadelphia and Vancouver. So, um, you know, Bobby and I have had a great relationship, and, you know, it's, it's strictly professional. You know, when we come in here, we're pushing each other every single day, and, you know, only one person can play on the weekend, but we're pushing each other day in and day out, and that's only going to make each of us better. So, you know, we're continuing to push each other day in and day out in training and, you know, with Cody Cropper and, and Matt Turner involved as well. So, you know, our goalkeeper union is, is as strong as it's ever been. And, you know, we're pushing each other day in and day out. But ultimately, like you said, one person's going to play on the weekend. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to, to take the games that I've gotten and, you know, trying to make the most of the opportunity and help this team, uh, can, you know, keep, keep moving forward and hopefully make the playoffs here at the end of the year. Now, this last game, Brad, as we mentioned, you you know, you know posted a shutout against a very talented Colorado Rapids team. Some of the saves that you made during that game are not your, your typical goalkeeper saves. There were times where even I feel like even those that have been around the league for a long time are watching a couple of those saves saying, that's a that's an elite goalkeeper saver, right though. That's something, you know, a Tim Howard, a Joe Hart, uh, you know, somebody even in Europe that would make a, an incredible save like that. When you when you make saves like that, I, and I've personally I've I've played the forward position. I never played the goalkeeper position. Is it a little extra self you know confidence that kind of comes through you? Like wow, I didn't think I was going to get to that, but somehow I did. But or is it just is it extra training? I mean, I know you said you've kind of got that that thing with Bobby Shuttleworth too, where it's a, a professional relationship, so you guys push each other. But some of those saves, though, Brad, oh my goodness, how in the world did you do it? And what were your feelings afterwards too? <laughs> yeah, you know, every day in training, uh, you know, we're. Uh, you know, pushing each other, like you said, but, you know, we're, we're having to perform those, those saves in training as well. And, um, you know, for us just to be able to replicate those in the game experience. So it's not, you're just, you're seeing it for the first time, but you know, it's, it's, it's something that you've done in nature, uh, day in and day out in training. So, you know, it's just about putting yourself in, in good spots and, um, you know, making yourself compact and, you know, being able to, to, to make that reaction safe when, when called upon, because it's only, you know, hopefully it's only once or twice a game that you'll have to be called upon, but you've got to be ready in those instances. Yeah, Brad, one of the things I've noticed, you know, since since the switch has been made with you being the starting goalkeeper, it seems the the your your backs are also much more organized than they have been earlier this season. Is that something that you've been working on in practice or is that chemistry just coming along the more you're behind the are in the posts? Well, I think it's a little bit of both, you know. Um, you know, I'm trying to lead from the back as much as I can and organizing is the best way I know possible and um, but the, the guys are playing with a chip on their shoulder because, you know, our backs are up against the wall right now, and it's about how we respond. But, you know, once we start, you know, scoring goals and, you know, we're getting clean sheets, you know, every other game, that, that breeds confidence, and everyone feels that, and the team feels that, and, you know, everyone everyone feeds off of that. So, um, you know, we've got the next man up approach, and, you know, if, if, if someone's not doing their weight, you know, the, the guys decide on pulling, pulling them along as well. So, um, you know, we, we've, we've stuck together as a group this far, and, you know, we're going to continue to do that with the last six games of the season and the cup final uh, on Tuesday. You talk about it, Brad, too, with a, a chip on your shoulder. That kind of comes from personal experience, too. You were undrafted. You had to go up for a tryout back in 2007, and then you've kind of fought your way through the system a little bit, too. You spent time in NASL with the Carolina Railhawks. You got named Best 11, of course, during that season. 
and now you've you've got the starting job back again with the revolution. How important is it for you to hold on to that type of a role and try to cement yourself as one of the the top goalkeepers in MLS? Yeah, like you said, you know, it's it's about opportunity. So, um, you know, anytime I get a chance to to perform, uh, you know, I've got to be ready to go and you know, whether it be, you know, 10 games in a row or five games in a row or two games in a row, you know, you have to be able to, to step up and, you know, and, and take your chance. And, um, you know, uh, but for me, it's, it's concentrating on the small things day in and day out in training. And, you know, the stuff you do well in training, and if you're training well, then you, that's going to replicate to doing well in the games. And, you know, this year I felt like I, I've done a very good job of, you know, bringing it every single day to training. And, um, you know, it's just about, you know, uh, translating that into to game experience. And I've got the games, you know, like you said, through the other leagues and, and within MLS to, to know that I can play at this level. And, you know, uh, I'm, I'm taking this opportunity and running with it with, with all the confidence in the world. And, you know, the sky's the limit right now with us. Well, that's that's a great lead into my next question, Brad. You know, you had you had replaced Joe Cannon in Vancouver after he made some blunders against the Timbers. And mm. This is back in 2012. And you were the starting goalkeeper then. Uh, then you found yourself back with the Revolution. Again, in a battle with Shuttleworth, but but let's be honest, weren't playing many starting games except perhaps for the Open Cup games. Is this it for you? Is do you, do you feel you've finally landed on your feet as a starting goalkeeper in MLS? Yeah, I feel that way. You know, I, I feel like I'm capable of playing this level, and you know, I feel like the games I've I've played recently and and in the past while in Vancouver and, and Philadelphia have shown that. You know, um, but like you said, it, it's it's taken opportunities and. You know, uh, I'm the guy, like you said, that has a chip on my shoulder every time I step on the field. And, you know, I've got something to prove. And, you know, ultimately, uh, there are a lot of people like that. And, you know, I love proving people wrong. So, I know. But for me, it's, it's, it's doing the small things well. And, um, you know, hopefully that, that translates into, you know, a longer career as a starting keeper. And, you know, but just taking it one game at a time and, and trying to control the things that I can control. And that's, and that's ultimately what, what I look to do day in and day out. And not worry about all the, you know, outside noise. Um, and just focus on myself and the little things. Well, Brad, I got to tell you, our show is based out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, I'm going to have to now coin you the Aaron Rodgers of the uh, MLS because that's exactly <laughs> what Rodgers plays with—is that chip on his shoulder. And obviously, you see where that has taken him. So, uh, you know, I, I wish you the best the rest of the season and, and very possibly into the playoffs for you as well. Absolutely, Brad. We we appreciate you taking yeah. time. And as as I mentioned in the introduction, as someone that is a Revolution supporter, I could not have been happier with uh, obviously the result this last weekend. But I, I truly do appreciate you taking time and. Uh, the, you know, the rest of the season as well, too. We wish you the very best of luck. So thank you for joining us today on Two Up Front, sir. Yeah, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank welcome. you for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, sir. All right, we're going to run to a break. When we come back, it's time for some predictions. It's time for some power rankings, and it's all MLS-related. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios in beautiful Milwaukee. Back right after this. Back inside the Attention Air Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. All right, let's move along here, Simon Provan. MLS, something that we love to talk about, of course. It was M-E-L-E-S-E. A, it was a quiet week in MLS as the international break was taking place, of course. However, it did not disappoint. Uh, some teams that uh, needed the victories got the victories, unless, of course, you're the Portland Timbers, but that's irrelevant. Uh, aside from that, though, it was a, bum, bum, like bum, I said, a quiet, bum. a quiet weekend for some, a powerful weekend for others. 
The Red Bulls beat the Vancouver Whitecaps 1-0. Not really much of a surprise. Uh, I do want to talk about the Chicago Fire beating the Union 3-0 because that keeps the Chicago Fire very much in the playoff picture. But at this, as we as we talked about it, six games, seven games left maybe for some teams. Everybody needs to still open to making a playoff push right now. Absolutely, Baxter. Even your New England Revolution, who obviously uh, you know got a big win against the yeah. Colorado Rapids. Only four points out right now. So the East, as it always is, wide open. Yes. I mean, I mean w- will Chicago make the playoffs? No. No, no they well, won't the, make well, the playoffs, but they're not in last place anymore. I mean, they're tied for last, but on goal differential, they're actually ninth in the East instead of tenth. Whereas you've got Columbus uh, sitting in last place. Yes. I, I mean, Columbus... What, what a you, weird year. It has. It's been a very weird year. I don't think that we, we saw uh, a team, especially like Columbus, we didn't see them making the trade that they did either, though, with Kai Kamara. Yeah, but Baxter, they have Higuain, Miram, Finley. Stefan Fry? No. Who's their goalkeeper? Is it Clark? Scott Clark. Steve Clark. Some Clark. Some Clark. <laughs> Clark, Clark. Clark Kent? Superman? Yes. I don't know. Not this year. But, but my point is, at least in their midfield, they've got a very decent club. So it's it's still shocking to me to see Columbus in last place in the East. Um, is it last place overall? No, Houston. No, nope, Houston last are place still. Overall. When you think bad, things are bad in Columbus, they're even worse in Houston. <laughs> Houston is averaging less than a point a game, not a goal a game, a point a game. That's well, just a bad team. They've had ten draws on the year, eleven losses. They've won once on the road. They've lost nine times. No, it's not a good team. Houston has to push the reset button next year. They kind of already Houston did this year. Houston has lost 11 games, Baxter. Yes, I, I, nine on the road. Oh, nine on the road. Okay, yes. sorry about that. That's all good. All right. Anyway. What are we doing? Talking about MLS? I think so. That's what we're trying to do, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, the Fire, they beat Philadelphia, who are not that good of a team. I don't care who you say. Uh, I think Alejandro Badoya is still overrated, even though he didn't play in this game. <laughs> And uh, anyway, that's my little, that's my moment. So, my so box. you say he's overrated, yet he had a fantastic career with Nantes or Nante. That's in, great that he did France. good over there, but when it actually matters, when he, oh, we're, we're an MLS team, so we're, we're, we're an MLS show. League we're not, doesn't matter. We're not. A, no, Ligue is horrible. <laughs> Ligue is such a joke. <laughs> PSG is the only team that matters in there, and that's why Zlatan, who scored fifty some goals last year in Ligue is so overhyped because he did it against teams that no one has ever heard of or cares about. Now that we're done with that segment, and I... Uh, I'm just going to sit here and laugh the rest of the yes, show. Okay, I need to talk about New England, though, because they beat a very good Colorado team. And Brad Knighton, as we just heard from him, and I, I grilled him continuously about because I still don't believe he made half the saves he did. But it was good to see New England no, he did. make he, good saves. He, he, yeah, I mean, Knighton was fantastic, especially against a couple of shots from Dylan Powers. In that yeah. Game. Dylan Powers is the only guy that seems to actually be able to do Dylan something Powers up needs front to be for in a Colorado. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like Dylan. It was a little surprising to see Zach McMath back in there and... And give up two and goals. struggle. I know. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Be like, you've been calling for it. Now they finally did it because Tim obviously was gone, and now your boy Zach was back in goal. Well, you know, when Tim Howard first stepped in, they didn't look good either. Yeah. So what happens? But if they you looked gave him a good. All, they games? looked good all year with Zach, though. They so, did. They did. I don't know. I don't know. Juan Agudelo, Chris Tierney with the goals, though. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, Chris Tierney again talking about left backs. You know, well with the way Fabian Johnson's playing, uh, but maybe you bring Tierney in. To a few camps now that he's completely never, healthy. I know. I want him in there. I want him in there badly, but they, he's never done it. Listen, I do want to talk quickly just about the NYCFC DC United game that happened way back uh, last Thursday. Three, at, at two. The beginning. Yeah, New York City FC looked like they were completely out of this game, and they came storming back. And Frank Lampard, two once goals. again, you wonder 
If he had played the whole season, would he be in the MLS MVP talk right now? I think because he's he has been playing fantastic. I, I bet you he still is on an outsider looking in. I think he's a notable, an honorable mention. Even if he played the whole season. No, I don't. No, I'm saying currently what oh, he's okay. done. Okay, yes, I think he's yes. done a lot yes. in a little time that would at least promote him to an honorable mention. Right, I, I agree with that. But no, but full, my question full to season you. maybe. Yeah. yeah, we don't know. You know, I mean, especially with Gio, yeah, being down now. Exactly with, with Jovinko being down and even Giovanni dos Santos too, who's been hot and cold all, all over the place too. But he scored some really nice goals. Last night, he, or I'm sorry, not last night, Wednesday night, he uh, he scored two goals. Yeah, he did two nights ago. I mean, LA Galaxy, they, they come from behind uh, to draw RSL 3-3 in Utah, which is a hard place to win. They didn't come from behind. You, you oh, you're you right. Got, I've got my, it's got RSL, RSL who came, came from, from behind. behind. And the reason RSL came from behind, their goalkeeper, the Galaxy's goalkeeper, Brian, Brian Rowe. Rowe, man, what a horrific game he had, Baxter. First of all, he gets the ball at his feet, and all of a sudden... He kind of like has a brain fart. Can I say it on the air? Brain oh, fart. Sure. He has this brain fart where he lets the ball go and, and Plata comes in to take the ball. And Roe just kind of dives right into Plata. <laughs> PK call. And then on RSL's game-tying goal, Burrito is the man's nickname. Yeah. He takes the shot. Roe's going down to save it. And it's like he pauses in midair and lets the ball just go right under him. <laughs> RSL ties it up in stoppage time, 3-3. So that, for me, is one of the bigger stories of what is going on with Brian Rowe right now. Because you have a better keeper in there. The Alley Galaxy are challenging for the number one spot in the West. Perhaps even the Supporter Shield. My opinion, of course. Of course. No, I I understand that. It's just... (sighs) MLS is full of so many crazy things, as everybody knows. But... um, Aside from that, though, I mean, it's it's funny to see, though, that LA, they still can't get a win. They still can't get a win, though. It's it's a draw. No, it's, it's, it, it's what's so well, and I think a lot of that again goes back to their weak defensive efforts. Yeah. I mean, they had a few games where they weren't putting goals. Are in. Are they missing Omar Gonzalez that much now at this point? Probably. Oh, I don't. You think so? You Maybe. think it's Omar? A strong center back presence makes a lot on a team. That's a, that's a good point. Back. Look how much Portland has been struggling without their consistent <laughs> center backs. Without anybody. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I, I shouldn't laugh. But it's true. About that. But it's, <laughs> I, I laugh you know. at the Rebs all the time. You can laugh about your team. No, it's, it's you okay. think about Nat Borchers and the, the mm. horrific injury he's had with Name his Achilles. Ridgewell's been back and forth right. with injury as well, too, among others. Yeah, a very interesting thing. I will say, too, the Orlando defeat of Montreal 4-1 on Wednesday night had me surprised, that's for sure. Uh, because Orlando is refusing to go away. And they Montreal are, is continuing to fall down and down and down. It, it, it's very odd, uh, especially since you did have Drogba and Piatti both playing in this game as well. Um, but Kaká, since he's come back from injury, Baxter, has looked really, really good. Of course, two goals in that game. But, you know, Orlando didn't even have Molino in their lineup for this game, which yeah. makes this thrashing that much more surprising. Well, and it was kind of funny, too, because Breck Shea finally found the back in that again, too. He was the first guy to score for Orlando in this one, which made some folks say, oh, well, maybe Breck Shea should be playing midfield again, like well, Jason Christ said he was going to. I'll tell you one thing. Breck Shea should have, be sent, should have been sent off in this game. He came up with a studs-up challenge that actually ripped quite a bit of skin off of the, uh, the player that he ran into, and how Jeez. he got to stay on that field was mind-boggling to me. I... I don't know. Like I said, if you're Montreal, you need to get things figured out now because the fact that you had Orlando come into Stad Saputo and do that to you, a Montreal team that many people haven't been given the time of day this year, Montreal is 
only a couple of short points from being out of the playoffs, and Orlando's back in the playoffs now. Well, and again, a lot of that goes back to the goalkeeper. Evan Bush has looked horrible for Montreal. Yeah, after starting the season off fairly well. I mean, all of Montreal started off the season very, very well, very put together, but I don't know. Well, what it, it was a crazy game, and of course, to top it off, you see... Um, Bendik for Orlando, save a PK on Drogba. You don't see something like that every day where DDA Drogba is going to miss a PK. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right, one other uh, news-related MLS thing. Uh, Kubo Torres uh, is being reported that he's going on loan to Cruz Azul. Uh, he hasn't done anything really no, I, I think, in MLS. I think if he actually does go on loan, Baxter, we'll see this become a permanent transfer at some point. I agree. He's he, Houston was the wrong team for him. He hasn't had the supporting cast to do anything. Well, not only that, but I hate to say this, Baxter, but he's put on weight since he's been in Houston. It doesn't look like he's been committed to the club as well. I'm just going to go on record and say it. No, I, I hope it doesn't offend anybody. But no, I would have to agree with you on that one. He doesn't look like he's fired up to be a part of the Dynamo yeah, after I, he scored a couple of nice goals last season. But he hasn't looked good at all this he, year. He hasn't. He hasn't. So, uh, yeah, I, we'll see if that actually. If, uh, reports are saying that everything is agreed on. Uh, I will ask you this, though, Simon, in your professional opinion, not in your bias. Yeah, timbery opinion. Sure. Um, does Seattle have a chance of making the playoffs still? They're four points out of out of last place, uh, the the last uh, playoff spot. I mean, which is held by Portland, but they've got to play San Jose this week, which would give them obviously a, a leg up in that comp in in the standings. But does Seattle really have a realistic chance of of finally squeezing in now that Jordan Morris has been able to do decent for the club and Ladero has been doing well and Dempsey's out? Well, that's what I was going to say. You asked me this two weeks ago with Dempsey playing, and do they have a chance? Absolutely. Not only would I have said they have a chance then, but yeah. I would have told you that they're going to make it. Yeah. Uh, Dempsey being out, we've already seen their offensive production fall off. Uh, you know, when Dempsey was in there, they had three straight wins. Then they dropped to a draw, 1-1 against Houston. And then, you know, the last time they've played here, which has been a while, Sunday, August 28th, they did lose uh, 4-2 to two there at Portland. Um, I, it, I hate to give you a, a cop-out answer, Baxter, but I don't know. Hmm. You're asking me professional, my professional yeah, no, opinion. Professionally, I don't that's, know. And that's the thing. Because I don't know either. I don't think Portland's going to make it with the way they're playing. Um, I don't but think then who's going to make it in now? Well, if Portland I, well, doesn't hold on, make it. Hold on. I don't think San Jose is going to make it. So there is where I would say that's where Seattle because of has that, to make that's, it. That's where Seattle does. But at the same time, maybe it is Portland because San Jose is not playing well. Seattle's not playing Vancouver's well. Vancouver's not playing well either. People keep forgetting that Vancouver is in the exact same place aside from having two games. Vancouver hasn't won since July 13th. Good Lord. Baxter. It's amazing how good they could be right now if they'd have even won. No, they're won. on an eight-game non-winning streak. If they'd have won even twice in that time period. Totally different scenario. Now, look, there are plenty of games. Of course, the big thing that Seattle has is two games in hand over Portland. Yes. So And Vancouver. So they win a couple of those games, and, and they're One in this One has picture. to be San Jose. Or they draw a couple of those games. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they have to start first and foremost by beating San Jose uh, the, the next time that they're out. San Jose... They've done all right, uh, you know, at home. They're six, two, and five, which is very good. But on the road, San Jose's been atrocious this year. One, six, and six. Well, I'll tell you what. Out of out of the teams we're talking about, it certainly looks like to me that Seattle has the easier of the schedules. At least the schedule more in their favor. As you said, they play San Jose. Then they finish the season off by playing Vancouver a couple of times. They play Houston. They play Chicago. 
They'll have that one tricky game against the LA Galaxy, but Seattle, no matter who's playing, always seems to have the Galaxy's number. Mm-hmm. Then they finish the season at RSL. You compare that to Portland, who's got RSL, Philadelphia. Well, Houston is, is a winnable game, but then they play Colorado twice back-to-back, hmm. and they finish with Vancouver. So they've got a tougher it's a hard schedule. Stretch. Yeah. And that's a hard stretch. And we'll see if the, if the Whitecaps decide to rise to the occasion or not, because even at this point in the season where they haven't been playing well, they put together even just two wins or three wins. Suddenly they're in the playoff picture, just like that. Yeah, and, and there too. They actually, Vancouver ends up playing Seattle twice before the season's over. So those, those Cascadia games will mean more this year than they have in years past just to make the playoffs. I agree. All right, I think it's time for some predictions, wouldn't you say? It sure is. Okay, it's our MLS predictions presented by Red Lion Pub. Ooh, I like our new theme. Yeah, picture. a little, little fun. Fun fact, I need, to, I need to report this as I look down at my phone. Uh, according to the score, Landon Donovan is in talks to come out of retirement to rejoin the Galaxy in 2016. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> really, really, according to the score. Look it. One of the things I've always said is I'd love for Donovan <laughs> to come out of retirement so he can win the Landon Donovan MVP. <laughs> they, well, he, they wouldn't give it to him at this point if he did come out of retirement, though. I, I'm Don't trying... count him out. Don't <laughs> count him out. <laughs> Let's see. U.S. soccer icon, blah, 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 coming uh, is in talks to come out of retirement and rejoin the club for the remainder of the 2016 season. LA Times is reporting it. It's because of the sale of De Jong to Galatasaray. Huh. Donovan's 34, but we all know he's still very capable of scoring goals. Uh, the, the, the Galaxy have until September 15th to complete the move before the MLS roster freeze deadline. How interesting. Sorry, I just I had looked well, down at my phone fast. It's interesting to hear that it's because of the De Jong sale. Is it because of the money? Because De Jong is a defensive midfielder. I don't think Landon cares where he plays. Think about it, though. If everyone, but you think they would play him at defensive midfield? No, they would put him. In. I mean, but now, now with Zardes being hurt too, as well. Right. I mean, right. you're starting. Keen's not whatever, that much. You're starting whatever it could be: Donovan, Santos, Gerard, Robbie Keane, if he's healthy. Uh, whoever else you've got in the midfield there too. I mean, still you get those four or five big guys out on the field at the same time. That's terrifying. Yeah, I, I, if they're all I, healthy, and put I, I it gotta, I gotta think that what they mean by that comment is the money that it would give them the ability to afford. Yeah. having Donovan come out of. I don't retirement. think he would even be. Able, I, don't I don't think, think he, he would, would ask that much. He's obviously not going to be a DP. Right, right. Uh, but is, there, yeah. but there still is salary cap or salary budget, as Garber likes to call it, considerations. Yeah. So perhaps that that would be how they could have him on the roster. I agree. Okay, should we do this? Let's do this one more yeah. time. <laughs> MLS predictions. There you go. Yes, presented by Red Lion Pub here on Two Up Front, which is presented by Three Lions Pub. All right, let's take a look at our predictions for this upcoming week. Sporting Kansas City, they take on the Houston Dynamo SKC hosting. Dom Dwyer, Benny Fellhopper, and company, the new daddy, Matt Beasler. Uh, I feel like it's pretty simple, straightforward. Sporting Kansas City pulls out the victory in this one. Houston they, hasn't been playing well. They certainly should, yeah. I got Sporting Kansas City okay. in this one. Yep, I agree with you on that one. Also, Sporting Kansas City, a much better club than most. All right, uh, Columbus playing host to Vancouver. This is going to be the game. Vancouver, they're going to turn it around. I'm going to put all my eggs in, a, in my Vancouver basket, which is in, one. In it's Columbus. A, in Columbus. Why not? Why not? I'm going with Columbus on this okay. one. Okay. I mean, that's probably the smarter pick, but you got to have one game every you week. Do. Philly yeah. hosting Montreal. 
neither team playing well. Yeah, this is also another tricky game, Baxter. Actually, I'm, I I'm pulling up the draw this on this one, one for a second. Well, I, I'm gonna, I am gonna take Philadelphia on this. I think, I think we see C.J. Sapong maybe get on the score sheet again. We haven't seen his name in a long time. Hmm. He's playing, right? <laughs> I think so. I think he's still on the team. He was considered one of the, you know, the people were freaking out in the beginning of the year because, like, oh, U.S. men's national team call up for Sapong. He's so good. He's so good. Stop. He wasn't good, obviously. Well, the the big thing is, is Philadelphia is a lot stronger in um, in moving forward with the ball. You know, Montreal tends to play that. Let's get it to Piatti, who can get it to Drogba, and take it from there. Whereas Philadelphia likes to move the ball around, even with Bedoya. Mm. Yeah, Christian Pontius, or yeah, Christian Pontius, Pontius, Christian Pontius. I'm thinking Pontius Pilate, the whole Christian oh, thing. Oh, Pontius See? Pilate. Okay. <laughs> I've got a draw. You've got Philly. Uh, the Rev is playing host to NYCFC. I'm going to jump on the Rev's train. Brad Knighton will lead us to the promised land that is the playoffs. Above the red line, baby. Here we go. Okay, I'm taking I'm taking the baby blues. I know you are. NYCFC. Chicago playing host to TFC. Geovinkulis TFC. Geovinkulis. Stinky. Josie Altador. <laughs> Josie Altador. Pretty good. Chicago, though, they've been putting beatdowns on a couple of teams. Yeah, 3-0 in their last game. I'm actually taking Chicago in this game. That's, uh, yeah, I think it might be uh, might be one of those games, too, that I have to agree with you on Chicago. FC Dallas hosting Colorado. FC Dallas, they had Colorado's number last time. I don't think it's going to be any different, especially with Colorado losing to the Revs. I know they didn't have Tim Howard. Tim Howard came back after a pretty good campaign with sure. the U.S. men's national team. FC Dallas still a much better team, though. Yeah, FC Dallas, you got Barrios playing well, even even without Mario Castillo. Diaz has all played exceptionally well. Yeah, Zimmerman, of course, Walker Zimmerman playing great defensively, so I definitely got FC Dallas on this one. All right, Portland playing host to RSL after RSL stormed back. Whether or not Brian Rowe may have had an RSL jersey on underneath that Galaxy Keeper jersey, we don't know. However, RSL did do a nice draw coming from behind. Listen, Plata's playing very hot in this game. I think you're going to see Nick Romando have a much better game, even though this game is in Portland. So he's going to shore up things defensively, and RSL will take this game. I agree with you on that one. San Jose and Seattle, the game, as we mentioned. It's got huge playoff implications. Incredible. It's going to be a scrappy game yes, incredible in San Jose. But it'll still probably be like a semi-home game for Seattle because the Seattle fans will travel well to San Jose because it's Northern California. Absolutely. A beautiful stadium, by the way, Baxter. I was there for the All-Star mm-hmm. game, and it is. Uh, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like uh, because it is one of the smaller new ones, 18,000 seats, but it is a pretty cool atmosphere once you're there, and uh, I'm going to take San Jose. All right. I'm trepidly taking San Jose in this mm, game. I think Seattle's going to find a way. They always do, and it's really annoying, but that's just my prediction. Uh, yeah, with Jordan Morris and, and uh, Ladero, the way those two have specifically have been playing, I think that there still is just a lot of momentum following the Sounders right now. And they get, like I said, Morris back, who has really embraced being the main man in Seattle right now. So Seattle, I think, is going to take it. Uh, the Red Bulls playing host to D.C. United. This game is always fun. It's a rivalry game. It always gets chippy and fiery. Dax McCarty, Sasha Kleshin. Sounds like they're both coming back. Sasha for sure. Hot off his two goals to assist with the national team. Red Bulls have to win this game. It's odd because with D.C., they win a game 6-2, to two and then they come back. Of course, that was against the fire. Then they come back. Looks like they're going to win the game, that game against NYCFC, but they end up losing 3-2. to two. I am taking the pink bovines as well. The pink bovines, did you just say? Yeah. It's more of a red, a blood red. Yeah, but it's fun to call them the pink bovines. Okay. Because if their original yes. bowl was pink, it wasn't red. Oh. It's it's kind of moved more and more red over time. Hmm. 
I have no idea. I'll, I'll have to pull up a Google image Please, for you. you're the old scholar. Back in the old days, yes, back here. Pink bulls. Okay, Simon, whatever you say. <laughs> All right, L.A. and Orlando, the final game of uh, the predictions. I think this is going to be uh, a very fun game, Baxter. Yes. National TV. It's tough know. because I don't think Orlando is as strong as Will this as they be Landon Donovan's Montreal. first game back? <laughs> Not this week. I'm going no. for a draw on this one. See, I haven't picked a single draw. I know, which has been crazy. Uh, I'm going to still I'm going to just they keep hurting me, but I'm going to keep going back to him. Orlando. Not Orlando, LA. I'm sorry. LA <laughs> gets my prediction. Like personally week. they're hurting you? <sighs> they mean well. I don't know. They've got good credit. I don't know what they want. No, either way, they're nice people. Uh, L.A. is going to do it. Oh, sure. It was, there it is, the pink bovine. That's, that's more of a reddish. No, 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 no. no it's no. a reddish orange. No. Yeah. Baxter, I, are you colorblind, my friend? Are you colorblind? That's the real question. <laughs> that is pink. <laughs> that Look is at that. so not pink. That is a pink bowl right there. It's not. It's a distorted you're red. Sometimes you're it's wrong, It's called Baxter. Red Bull, not Pink Bull. <laughs> Take it up with them. I, <laughs> I'm going to have to. I don't know what to do with you. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. We'll do some uh, uh, some power rankings. Maybe the Pink Bulls or Red Bulls, as they are, might make a jump. We'll have to see. Either way, it's Two Up Front, presented by Three Line Spot. Back after this. It's two up front in the Attention Air Media Studios, presented by Three Lions Pub here in beautiful Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Wrapping up the show. Maybe we should call it the pink up front or bovine so express. So, Baxter, off air we had talked about how I told you when Red Bulls were first. Sure. Metro Stars were first bought by the Red Bulls. Yeah. Or by Red Bull. They were first coined the pink bovines by all the fans who couldn't stand New York. Because they're all colorblind. Here I am. On BigSoccer.com, which used to be the only place to go to to talk to other soccer fans around the country. This is from 2011. Am I the only one who thinks this is incredibly lame and stupid? It's not clever and it's not funny. This is a New York fan referring to everybody else calling the New York Red Bulls the pink bovines. (sighs) It's red. Absolutely red. (laughs) Oh, my friend. It's red now, yes, but not then. It was Even in that logo you showed me. Totally red. It's pink. It's a distorted red. Distorted. <laughs> it's a bad distorted image. Distorted red. That's how you're gonna. That's how you're gonna argue that. Yes. It's a different hue of red <laughs> that tends to look pink, but it's it not doesn't pink. Look pink. No chance is it pink. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Let's move oh on with the rest gosh. of the show here. Please, we need you. Let's talk about our power ranking, Simon. Here uh, for MLS. Uh, some movers, some shakers, uh, but still a majority of the same teams. We all have the exact same teams as usually, uh, as we as we usually do. DC United has officially been drop kicked out of both of our power rankings because we put them in our power rankings. Right, and, and what did I say at our last show? That right. they would lose as soon as you put them in, and they did. They're like, oh, quick team meeting. Simon put us in his power <laughs> rankings. Must lose the game. Go, Frank Lampard. I think Score like, goals. the history of our show. Every time I've put DC in, they've gone out so. and lost the exact same. So we should put DCU in every time. That way they just keep losing. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a hater of DC United. Eh, I tolerate them. <laughs> I don't know. It's the Eastern Conference thing. You wouldn't understand. That's You're a West true. Coast guy. That's true. All right. Let's look at it. Let's figure it out. Uh, number five this week for me in my power rankings is Toronto FC. Even without Jovinko, this Toronto FC team, as I mentioned last week, still a very good team. One point out of first place in the Eastern Conference, 12-8-7. 
They're home has been a bit of a palace. Uh, they've got one game in hand on most of the Eastern Conference teams, at least on the two first-place teams. Also, a team that is capable of winning. They are in my number five spot. It's been a while since they played Baxter uh, for TFC. They In their last game, August 27th, they did lose to Montreal 1-0. Yep. What's fascinating about that is... Just that short time ago, Montreal looked like world beaters. Yeah. Uh, but I'm actually taking a little bit off- opposite approach to this. Because they've lost Giovinco, I don't see them really doing any better. Um, so you've got them at five. I've got them at four. And the reason it sounds like I'm higher than you are is because I did have them at number two. And I'm giving them some benefit out of the doubt. It's yes. who I brought in at number five. That kept them from coming. It wasn't to even five. in your power rankings last week. No, and we actually had a long talk about this, so I won't spend too too much time on this. Uh, I brought in RSL as my five, hmm. as my number five team, and you may think, well, wait a second, they won two games, you wouldn't put them in there. Now they drew against LA Galaxy. It's the way they fought back in that game on Wednesday against the Galaxy that made me see the potential of RSL and. If you can fight back in that way, dominate a game after being down 3-1 to one, and still come back and draw 3-3 three, three, all the way to the very last whistle, that's impressive. So number five for me is RSL. Number four is TFC. All right. My number four is NYCFC. Baby Blues, the Bovine Blues, the Periwinkle <laughs> Blues, whatever blue you want to throw, whatever Smurf hue blues. of you. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference on paper. I don't know who the best team in the Eastern Conference is right now. We'll get to who I believe is and you believe are shortly here. NYCFC, though, 12-8-8, eight eight, coming and beating DC United. Frank Lampard scoring two goals. I mean, this looks like a very complete team when everybody's healthy, when they're actually combining passes, when they play an okay team like DC United. I don't know if they could go toe-to-toe with the Red Bulls or TFC in a two-game Eastern Conference series set in the playoffs. I, don't I think, think right now they can. Well, yeah, if Gio's not playing and... Red Bulls are Sasha questionless. No, I'm saying even with him, with the way Frank Lampard is playing, with the way David, <laughs> I do it every time, David Villa is playing. Well, Frank uh, hasn't I, played well when he's played against the Red Bulls before, though. Well, they had they did have a win earlier this season against the Red Bulls. That's true, thanks to David Villa. Sure, but with yeah. the, that's what I'm saying. With the way Lampard is playing right now, yeah, I could see I, that. I think they could very well go to. Well, I mean, I think NYCFC would be would be a fun representative of the Eastern Conference when they, when they play yes. Landon Donovan in the LA well, Galaxy. I, <laughs> I would love to see a New York Derby for the Eastern Conference. I final. think so. We'll I think that's that. well, ultimately what it will end up being. So you have you have the city at four. I've got yep. I've got them at three. Okay. So who do you have as your number three? Uh, my number three is FC Dallas. They have uh, played well. I mean, two back to back three one victories. I do believe they beat Houston three one, and then they just beat Portland three one. Also, this is a team that is in form at least, at least over the last two games. They find themselves number one overall in the entire league. They haven't lost at home this entire season. That, in, in turn, is just incredibly impressive to me. On top of that, Baxter, they've only lost once in their last seven games, as you mentioned. Not two huge wins, but I think when you go on the road and play your rival and end up beating them 3-1, it's, it is a bigger win than what appears on paper. I would have to agree with you on that one, yeah. Um, so, again, you have them at number three. I have FC Dallas at number two. So, who is your number two team? My number two team in my power rankings is RSL because they were able to power back from the that 3-1 hole that they were in against the LA Galaxy. They were my number one team last week. Uh, I would have kept them at number one if they'd have actually out, came back and outright won the game, but because they were, they had to get a little bit of assistance from Brian Rowe, that's why I kind of struggled. They were going to be two or three, and I ultimately put them at number two for me. Yeah, I still, I personally obviously think you're, you've got them a bit overrated, but that's my opinion. 
But what we don't have in disagreement is our number one this week. Yes, our number one this week is the New York Red Bulls for both. Uh, you had the Red Bulls at number one last week. I had them at my number four last week, my number two the week before that. The Red Bulls, they're a very good team, and they're going to get Dax McCarty back. They're going to get Sasha Kleschen back from international break. BWP scoring goals left and right. Everything is really starting to line up if you're a Red Bulls fan. Hey, 10-game unbeaten streak, the hottest team in MLS right now just based on that. As you mentioned, Bradley Wright Phillips has decided to start, start scoring goals again when he's got Sasha Kleschen feeding in those balls. To me, Baxter, they are the most dangerous and most dangerous team in MLS and playing some of the best soccer in MLS. I completely agree with you on that one. We will have to keep our eyes glued to what the Red Bulls and NYCFC do down the stretch because both teams incredibly talented. All right, let's move on to our final segment of the program. All right, it's time for our I Believe segment, where Simon and I both offer segments or thoughts about uh, something we believe will happen in the wonderful world of soccer. I will start this week. I will go to NWSL as much as I want to touch the Landon Donovan thing. I'm not going to. <laughs> um, I believe that with the the way that the team is playing right now, the Washington Spirit will host the two or will uh, hoist, not host, will hoist the 2016 NWSL championship. So you're talking. Playoffs. Playoffs. And they will win the, it all. Not the, what is it, the well, Commissioner's they'll, they'll Shield? The, they'll win the Commissioner's Shield, and as we heard from Chris Blakely, they'll get a post-it in a, in a locker because it's a traveling trophy. They right. don't even right. get the actual trophy, but no, they will win the overall championship gotcha. of the playoffs. Well, I'm going to cheat a little bit, Baxter. I do this once in a while. The I believe is supposed to be something we believe will happen. Yes. Uh, this is more of a, boy, I don't want to say political because I don't, I don't think it is, well, naturally it's going to be a political thing, but this weekend... Megan uh, Rapino kneeled during the national anthem. Yes. No problem with that. I've got no problem with that. that okay. She has every right to do that. Okay. I've got my personal feelings that I would never do that because I have a father who fought in Vietnam, mm-hmm. a father-in-law who fought in Vietnam. And for me, taking the national anthem to make a political statement like that, that's, that's not where it happens. But it's her freedom of speech. So this weekend, the... Our, uh, Wednesday night, the Washington Spirit hosted the Seattle Reign, and yep. the Spirit decided, the owner of the Spirit, who's from uh, the Air Force, he's retired from the Air Force, decided to play the national anthem while the two teams were in the locker rooms, mm-hmm. therefore avoiding any political situation or that any was, possibility that was of it. Yes. Right. People have been up in arms because he did this. Yes. So I believe it's hypocritical for people to call him out for doing that if, in the same breath, you're going to say it's Rapino's. Uh, freedom of speech to be able to kneel down during the national anthem. Well, guess what? It's the owner of the spirit. That's where they're playing. Mm-hmm. He has the exact same rights that she does to be able to say, for me, you're disgracing the flag when you do that. So we're playing the national anthem when there's no players out here. He gets just as much right of freedom of speech to do that as she does. And nowhere in the wide world of sports is there an official outline of saying, you must play the national anthem X amount of time before. It's no. As long as it's played before the game, we don't care if it's 20 minutes before, 10 seconds before, an hour and a half before. We'd like you to play it before so those that are in attendance can honor America and all it stands for. Absolutely. And again... For me, it's just a freedom of speech issue. If you're going to say one person gets it, as they should, then you use the same argument for the other person. I agree. And I did find it interesting, too, that there was a headline from uh, a newspaper somewhere or some uh, national uh, thing that um, when they they announced the the issue, they said, uh, do you see soccer team 
or plays national anthem. They didn't say Washington Spirit. They didn't give them huh. any credit. Of course So not. as much issue as the Washington Spirit may or may not be getting, obviously everybody knows who they are now, but the NWSL obviously still has a very long way to go as the national media is calling them a D.C. soccer team and not an, even a women's team or a NWSL team. It's a D.C. soccer team. Right, so if, if you want to talk about fighting sexism, that's where you start. Exactly. I thought that was very interesting. I can't find the official... Uh, place that it was from, but I did notice that uh, yesterday or the day before when I was browsing, and I thought it was very interesting. I was like, okay, that's that's just it's 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 funny how there's just so many different things that can come from one person doing something, sitting, standing, planking. I don't know during the national anthem. That's Who knows? one of the things that makes this country great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, something like that. All right, well, we've had a fantastic show. A very special thanks to Jessica McDonald of Western New York Flash and Brad Knighton of joining us as well. Uh, from the New England Revolution. As we mentioned, we had so many different announcements today, Simon. We have a new presenting sponsor, the Three Lions Pub. They are presenting our spon- our show now. We're in the Attention Era Media Studios as well, of course. Uh, our call-in line, uh, as we heard those interviews from, is the shopfutsal.com call-in line. And you just heard our MLS predictions a little bit ago as well, too, presented by the Red Lion Pub also. Yeah, so again, just want to thank all those sponsors. We have plenty of segments open up for sponsorship. The show is growing. This is a great time to get in. Uh, in the meantime... Remember, Tuesdays and Thursdays starting next week, we will be live in the Attention Era Media Studios from 12 to 1 Central. So again, that starts on September 13th. Of course, you will always be able to find us on Facebook, 2 Upfront, on Twitter, at 2 Upfront Soccer, at Baxter Colburn, at Simon Provan. Check out our website, 2UpfrontSoccer.com. Check us out. Uh, send us a message on email. To upfrontsoccer at gmail.com. Absolutely. And you can find the show on demand anytime you want to by visiting us on iTunes. Download and subscribe to our podcast there. Find us on Spreaker.com, on our website, of course, to upfrontsoccer.com, and on the Sports Podcasting Network as well on Fridays, at least for now, until we officially make the switch. As Simon mentioned, September 13th, Tuesday and Thursday from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time, we will be live on Spreaker.com. Tell your friends, tell your dog, tell everybody. It's going to be an exciting time. He's Simon Provan. I'm Baxter Colburn with our manager being the one above. We are two up front. Whether you're having a not-moving-off-the-couch-while-you-watch-the-game kind of day or a no-time-between-conference-calls kind of day, it can still be a delicious Dunkin' kind of day. And with Dunkin' now available on DoorDash, it's easier than ever to get your faves brought right to your door. So if you're looking for coffees, donuts, and breakfast sandwiches in the morning, craving some afternoon snack and bacon, or in need of Dunkin' refreshers for a PM pick-me-up, we've got you covered. Order now and get your faves brought to your door through Grubhub, Uber Eats, and DoorDash. Price and participation may vary. Exclusions apply. America runs on Dunkin'. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.